0: and welcome to the Tracy Sandler show brought to you by Fivo. I'm your host Tracy Sandler. 49ers mini camp has come and gone. The last day got canceled and I am joined by ESPN's Nick Wagner, the amazing, incomparable, incredible, smart and funny Nick Wagner. I'm really big on introductions on the show Nick, so I wanted you to get your due.
1: Well, yeah, but you left off handsome, which is and really
0: handsome and <laughs> handsome because you know, I don't want people to get the and wrong modest. idea. And and, and, modest, and and just really all around your perfect guy, really is what this we're gonna. This is now turned into bumble, you guys. This is now a dating show. Well, now you've
1: set the bar too high, Tracy. Now, now we've gone too far with it. So we gotta manage expectations
0: here. I guess that's I guess that's fair, but there's no one better to talk about the 49ers. How's that?
1: No, right, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: that seems that seems fair. So Nick, uh mini camp done. Uh we'll see if there's any off-season program left next week, but for now, mini-camp is done. And to me, there are a couple storylines because obviously, as you are well aware, there was no Debo Samuel practicing. He was there, but he was not practicing. You didn't have Kittle on the field practicing. You didn't have Fred Warner. You didn't have Trent Williams. You didn't have Nick Bosa doing anything, you know, but individual drills. So we're not going to glean a ton, but looking towards training camp, looking towards the season, the 49ers have a new quarterback in Trey Lance. And I think it seems that all signs point to him at least being able to step into that role. Kyle Juszczyk told us on Wednesday he's embraced really everything about being a QB1 on the field, off the field. So I do think we've seen kind of a marked difference from him. So would love to kind of get your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, and and really, let's be honest. Mini camps and OTAs, you should never try to glean too much from them, even if all, all right. those guys you mentioned are <laughs> on the field. Um, it, it's just it, it just isn't a time for that, you know. I, I know everyone wants to know, like, you know, what was Trey Lance's completion percentage during mini camp? Like, well, I'm not going to do that now. Training camp is 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 more fair game for that kind of stuff because. Mm-hmm. They are working towards the season, but it isn't like that. So so yeah, you have to really focus if you're if you're gonna look for takeaways, things to really take away from the mini camp. I think you have to look more uh at intangible stuff, which is hard, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't quantify intangibles, but I do think that the Trey Lance storyline is obviously the biggest storyline surrounding this team, which is saying something because there's quite a few big storylines <laughs> surrounding Correct. this team that, that haven't gone away and don't seem to go away. But but the Trey Lance thing is the one that is going to dictate the way this season goes and really the way the future of this franchise goes, if, if we're going to zoom out and look at it from a big picture. So uh, I, I think just seeing him and, and understanding where he is, um, just his comfortability, getting in front of the media, things like that. And he even acknowledged it uh the other day on tuesday very openly how you know last year i think he used the phrase he was in a weird spot yes um, that's exactly which, what he said which we would we would all agree that he was but we would never heard him say it and a lot of people were saying oh it's not awkward it's not and maybe he doesn't maybe he uses w- weird instead of awkward as his chosen adjective but um, it was a weird spot because uh, as, as you know, Tracy, I, I, I requested him many times last year to speak mm-hmm. to him and he just wasn't available because he was the backup quarterback. And um, And he said part of the reason he wasn't is he didn't feel like he had much to say and he wasn't playing. So mm-hmm. uh, just seeing him up there and feeling more comfortable and kind of openly talking about different things. And, you know, he's openly acknowledged that uh, a few things that I think are interesting, one of which is you can tell Trey kind of reads and sees everything. Um, Mm -hmm. He's at least aware of it, um, which I think is partially uh, people telling him just so he's prepared if he's asked about certain things uh, in press conferences. But still, like, he's a very perceptive guy. He knows what's being said about him. He knows what's going on. But um, I think at the end of the day, We still know that the only answer to the question that matters the most, and that is, is Trey Lance ready to be this team starter and take them deep into the postseason, which is all that people really, really care about at the end of the day. The answer to that question is, we don't know.
0: Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. We're not going to know in training camp either. We're not Correct. gonna know
1: and, until the season and, gets done. And, and nobody knows. And anyone telling you otherwise is just flat out lying to you. And so um I know in our business it's it's not cool to say I don't know, but it's just it's it's actually the right answer in this situation. And so uh I there are things that are encouraging. You can see some of the uh tweaks that he's made, you know, maybe minor tweaks to his throwing motion. He had really accurate uh deep balls the other day on Wednesday, looked really good in, in some of the seven on seven that they were doing, but again until it's 11 on 11, there's pads on, there's a team that is allowed to hit him and do all those things. We're not going to really know the answer to that. The one answer I do think we have, and I think we expected this all along, is that Trey Lance is going to get the opportunity to answer that question.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think really, if we were all paying attention, which I know we were, we knew that the day they made that trade on March 26, 2021. I don't know that that was ever now. For all the conversation and, consternation and debate that was always going to be the case uh, when this 2022 season begins so that is trey lance you mentioned there are some big storylines around this team one of them i mentioned earlier Debo samuel did arrive to mandatory minicamp he did show up he was running on the side the first day on Wednesday, he was playing cash with Kyle Shanahan's son, Carter. And I will say this for Debo. He also in seven on sevens and everything. He was very excited when yeah. good things happened for the offense. There was a lot of, you know, running around and jumping up and down and excitement that does not change the fact that he has not signed a contract extension that he has at one point requested, a, requested a trade. You know, I do think, they will probably figure this out on some level, but I just don't know how much to read into it. I mean, by not, if he didn't show up, he loses like $95,000. So right. the alternative is to just show up. So he showed up. I yeah. don't know how much it means for the reparation. Is that a word? Did I make that up? Reparation? Yeah, no, right.
1: reparation is a word. Yes. Very Fantastic. good. Uh,
0: Woo-hoo! English major <laughs> right here. Reparation of that relationship.
1: Yeah, it's it's um it's funny because you know I, I do think maybe the biggest takeaway of, of this mini camp we were talking about what you can take away from it is the attendance. Like that, like mm-hmm. taking it's literally like a second grade thing, like just taking attendance on who's there and who's not. And um look, it, it's easy to be cynical and say, Yes, Debo probably if he wasn't gonna get fined, he probably wouldn't have showed up. Um, sure, that's true. And and there's and that's definitely probably at least part of the reason. That he did show up, but we we see in other places, and, and this is a very comparable situation. DK Metcalf in yep. Seattle didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh it, it's you can't take it just you know by itself as oh, this is just him trying to save some money. And to your point, he was very engaged on yes, Wednesday. Um, not just you know, cheering on, he had a play sheet, he was following along with practice as it was going on. Um, so I think the one thing that I keep going back to—I pointed this out on on social media the other day after it was reported that that he was going to be there—Kyle Shanahan at the draft when he was talking about the Debo situation for the first time, he made it a point to kind of say, not even kind of, he did say that they wanted to get in person with Debo Samuel away from phones and screens and all those things, and it was going to, and that was going to be an opportunity to really start kind of I, I, like, I don't know if, uh, you know, repair whatever's broken because Kyle Shanahan doesn't seem to think it's as broken as maybe the outside world does. But either way, getting Debo Samuel in person and just having the opportunity to spend time with him and have him in the locker room and kind of get that feeling for Debo Samuel again of uh, for him to feel what it's like to be around his teammates, how much he's missed. How much he's liked in that locker room, and then and then for for you know John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to have opportunities to see him and, and talk about things and hash things out, those things matter. Um, and even if it didn't necessarily you know fix everything right away, and Debo didn't sign a contract in the you know 72 hours that they were here for mini camp, it at least starts kind of paving that road back to getting to the destination that they want to go to, which is of course, getting him signed to a lucrative long-term contract that it's going to keep him with the 49ers for a long time. So you can can definitely be cynical and say it's just about money. I do think it's at least partially about money, but I also think that it is important for him to be here in person and for them to have a conversation, um, have multiple conversations in person and just interact again um, and kind of get back to that feeling of, of when things were good um, and there wasn't a trade request. We have no idea if Debo has rescinded that trade request or not. There has been nothing to indicate that he has necessarily, but just the fact that he's here uh, or was here is an indication that he's at least willing to you know meet in person and have those start having some of those conversations.
0: Absolutely. And I certainly don't think money was the only reason. And I will also say, I don't think he wasn't faking it at Wednesday's practice. There's no reason to fake it. We couldn't be filming at that point. Camera, you know, camera's going to be on. And he, it did look like he was having fun. And maybe there is something to be said for getting back around your teammates and, and being among the people that you like playing with. And I think one could argue that perhaps the best place for Debo Samuel from a football perspective is with Kyle Shanahan. So yeah, I, I, Think maybe who knows maybe there was a reminder of that maybe there wasn't but it's interesting <laughs> I did ask Kyle on Tuesday if he'd had an opportunity yet to sit down with Debo personally one on one and he said he had not yet now we're recording this on a Thursday and I'm sure
1: well I he said he him. said he had recently though right Um uh, he, said but he not, had not, recently just, but not in the just last not, couple of days not not the last not couple of last days, days right yeah but he
0: said he but had you, recently so. You know,
1: And I I thought I thought actually maybe the most enlightening interview, at least in in terms of the subject we've had, was with Trent Williams when he was talking about it. And and, and we all know Trent Williams and Debo Samuel are very close, close friends. And Trent, you know, he he said kind of the standard line that most players say, which is, hey, this is a business. We all understand the business side. We're not going to overstep. And, and, you know, I'm not going to he's not going to basically going to take Debo Samuel aside and, and talk to him and tell him what he needs to do. But he's there as a sounding board for Debo Samuel. And Trent said that Debo has on multiple occasions reached out to him looking for that advice. And and, and they've had some I think Trent called them good quality talks um, about the situation. And and Trent has been able to give him some advice. And I think the, the interesting line that Trent Williams said was he said, that Debo is taking the situation by the horns and that he's showing how mature he is Uh by showing up. I think, And I think that goes a long way. And I think that at least alludes to there being something settled somewhere along the way where Trent Williams said, hey, maybe as a goodwill gesture, you know, you show up for the mini camp and you guys can talk, sit down and talk things out. And I'm just extrapolating. I don't know that that's what happened, but it was just kind of alluded to in that way um, that, you know, and for Trent Williams to point that out specifically and and say that um, at least an indicator that that again, maybe there's some thawing of of whatever it is that's gone on.
0: And I think actually with Trent Williams saying that, you know, when Trent Williams signed his contract, one of the things he said is that, you know, he was deciding between a couple teams and when it came down to the wire, he called Kyle. And so right. obviously there is an open communication there between Kyle and the players. And I think Trent would have the ability to give that type of guidance. I was going to say advice, but I don't I don't really want to use that word. I think guidance to Debo in like what you said, have the conversation, sit down, have the one-on-one talk. So my sense is it's probably is going to be an all's well that ends well come training camp. But time will tell. There is another contract extension um, for one Nick Bosa that uh, was brought up this week. And and Nick basically was like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Talk to my agent or I'll let my agent deal with that. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. I would say that that maybe is even more important. But it's interesting. The Rams have sure made it difficult on the 49ers with the with Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup this week and the, and the contracts that they have signed. Yeah. Uh, the 49ers are going to kind of have to get their acts and gears because those, you know, you have two players at those positions in San Francisco who I'm sure are paying very close attention to, or at least their agents are, to what those guys got in Los Angeles.
1: The, the Bosa one is really interesting to me because Kyle Shanahan openly said the other day that you know, there haven't been contract discussions with Nick Bosa yet. And, um, and then Eric Branch, our, our friend of San Francisco Chronicle was asking Bosa about it. And I followed up and asked him like, you know, would you like to get a contract done before this season? And again, he kind of just demurred and said, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really worried about that. I'm I'll let my agent handle those things. But it makes me wonder if, if there's, if Bosa is even necessarily worried about getting a deal done this year, because, The 49ers do have the fifth-year option that they already exercised, which, you know, guarantees that he would be around – for another season uh really that's two seasons or, or no that's a, yeah so he'd have two more seasons that they have him under team control um which of course they still have the franchise tag and all those things as well i'm sure he'd want to get a deal done before that um but it is interesting and and the way the timing of these things work is is you know both the if they if he does really want to get a deal done we would know that probably right around when training camp opens because more than likely if that is a priority for him he wouldn't step on the field and begin practicing until a deal is done so we'll find out more about that that's also just kind of how nick bosa is he's he's yeah. a little bit more laid back he's he's you know just going to kind of let 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 things fall into place as they as they may. But um, it is it is something I wonder about if, if if he is in a hurry to get this deal done this year or maybe maybe in his mind. And, and again, I'm just throwing this out there based on where we stand right now. But um, maybe in his mind, he'd like to put together another huge year, knowing that, you know, a year from now, he would cash in even further um, that, you know, the numbers will continue to rise for edge rushers and um, the, the salary cap is going to explode next year. Um, and so maybe there would be an opportunity for him to, to really take it to another level in terms of what his contract could look like. That's a possibility. Um, I don't know if that's what he's thinking. He's, you know, he, he obviously playing his, his cards close, close to the chest, but, um, it is something to, to, to wonder about because there haven't been discussions yet. And you would think that if there were that, you know, they would have at least had some preliminary stuff, um, that would start getting the ball rolling so they could get something done, you know, in July.
0: Conversely, the other side of that coin is for San Francisco, you might want to get a deal done sooner rather than later because Nick Bosa clearly, assuming he stays healthy, will probably come out and have another monster season, and then the salary clap. I mean, I think you'd want to get a, yeah, you might want to get a deal done quickly. And Nick Bosa said yesterday he has absolutely come back in better shape, which I don't even know how that's possible I feel like I need his
1: diet program um but you know the the thing with the injury thing to you know you bring up if he stays healthy maybe that's something the Niners would like to see again though uh because he hasn't been available throughout those three years so um yeah I can I can understand how all sides would see it from all sides so to speak you know um but but yeah I I still obviously you know Kyle Shanahan doesn't didn't seem too concerned about it I think with a, a thing like Bosa too his contract and people want to compare it to Debo Samuel, and it's really kind of unfair because yeah, it's different. Because Bosa is it's a very clearly defined position, and there's a very clearly defined market for those guys, what his brother makes, what TJ Watt makes, uh, what Miles Garrett makes. You know what the price is, and that's just gonna be what it is, and that's what he's gonna get. Whereas Debo Samuel, it is a lot harder to figure out because of you know the wide back stuff that he did last year. Whether he wants to continue to do that, there's all these different things that are playing into that. And I know other receivers are getting paid, but the question the Niners have to ask themselves is: Is do we want to pay him like a pure receiver, like a Devontae Adams uh, or a Tyree Kill, or are we trying to pay him more in line with kind of that versatility? And if he doesn't want to do the running back stuff anymore, how do we then value him strictly as a wide receiver uh, compared to some of these other guys who are getting paid who have you know kind of a longer history? of stacking big numbers as pure receivers uh, than Debo does. So that's kind of, that's really, I think, uh, you know, it's an unfair thing to kind of pit those two against each other that I've seen some of that out there in the, uh, in the, in the internet world. But um, I I do think that they're vastly different situations and, and and one is far more complicated than the other, which we already knew of course, based on how it's played out uh, on the Debo side. But I think even just if you're looking at it in more black and white terms, it's certainly, it's certainly different.
0: It certainly is. And listen, if I'm Dean Bo Samuel, then I do want the running back portion of it to come into play because that's really what's going to get him paid is the fact that he can do both. If we're going purely on wide receiver numbers over the last few years, there's a health issue there. There's health yep. issues going back to college. If you're just going by receiver numbers, you can't. I don't feel like you could look at the Tyreek kill contract, the AJ Brown contract, because these guys have shown year after year that they're durable and they can perform in that position. And what makes him unique is the ability to do both. So it's a it yeah. is, as you said, very complicated.
1: And yeah, and with Debo too. You know, if if you're the Niners, at least this is how I would look at it. Is I would say, okay, what's the highest? What does the the highest paid receiver make? What does the highest paid running back make? And then let let's meet halfway between those two, which would still bring him into the high, re- you know, a fairly highly paid receiver salary, something in the twenty three to twenty four million dollar a year range, right? If if Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams are in that thirty million a year range, and the, and I think Christian McCaffrey is the highest paid running back at seventeen million. If you split that difference, you're in that twenty three twenty four area, which I think is a is a place that makes sense. But then you mm-hmm. see AJ Brown is you know closer to twenty five and and things like that. So uh, I think in Debo's mind, maybe it's I want to be paid like one of those top receivers. And then I want to tax on top of it to play running back if that's what you're asking me to do. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know that. Again, I, that's just kind of what a logical argument from both angles would look like, I think. Um, but but again, we, we don't know how that's going to play out. And, and it, we, we still at the end of the day, we still don't know what Debo Samuel really wants and what is the thing that has him uh, kind of upset him in the first place here.
0: We may never know that to be honest. That may be uh, one of the great I, I hope we do. <laughs> I hope we do too. But it could be one of the great mysteries of the 2022 Fortnite season. Uh, but you know, we'll probably think you find out eventually in theory. Uh so well, I think we hit kind of the main hot spots. Uh, the Fortnite do have a bit of an offensive line issue to figure out. <laughs> Alex Mack retired, and I talked about this last week with our good friend Matt Mayoko. And they do have some issues along the line. But again, I think these are the kind of things that we're not going to really know how those play out till training camp. We get an idea to really, you know, really see Aaron Banks and and really see potentially Jake Brendel at center and see how things play out there. But I think other than that, we have hit the main hot button, 49ers items.
1: Yeah, that that offensive line thing is is a um, I don't want to call it sneaky big because those who 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 follow this team closely. No, it's just big.
0: I don't think it's it's sneaky It's a big
1: issue. I I would I would I I added the sneaky only because we just talked about like three huge other things that are that are that are drawing more national headlines. And we didn't even talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, of course. No, Uh, so that's another that's, that's another one. But 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 the offensive line thing is is a little confounding for me, to be honest, Tracy, and. Um, the reason I say that is because it's not like that has been a super position of strength. And and if you're the Niners, you could argue, yeah, because it hasn't been a position of strength, you know, how do you know it's going to be worse? Um, But I also think that you lose Alex Mack, who was a solid player last year for you. You know what you're getting. He's, uh, you know, a veteran, you know, you know, all the things that he brings to the table, you lose Lake and Tomlinson. And look, I'm someone who's not, I'm not going to blame the 49ers for letting Lake and Tomlinson leave based on the price that he got. Um I just think that your your resources, your you know, you can't spend that kind of money at every position and it made more sense for for me anyway and I think for the Niners based on what they did to use that money to sign a top corner uh as opposed to a guard. That's just mm-hmm. positional value. Mm-hmm. That's the way that it works, but they're going to miss Lake and Tomlinson. So now you have Lake and Tomlinson. So now you have a question mark at left guard. Now you have a question mark at center. Right guard, I, I would argue, has been the of uh, the biggest weakness that you could say. Really going back to 2019 in the Super Bowl, I still say that you know. Uh, I understand why Patrick Mahomes won Super Bowl MVP, but Chris Jones is the player okay. that took over that game for the Chiefs in the fourth quarter, and it was because the 49ers had Mike Person at right guard who was, bang- to be fair, was banged up in that game, but did not did not have much success against Chris Jones. Not that a lot of guards do, but... It has been a thing that has showed up. It showed up last year in the NFC Championship game where Aaron Donald kind of took over towards the end of that game. um, We heard Trent Williams this week also add to that, saying he didn't think that he necessarily should have played looking back on that with a bad ankle. So, you know, Von Miller and and Leonard Floyd and those guys also had a lot of success uh, against the 49ers. But the interior of the line has been a consistent issue. And I don't say it's an issue In the sense of like, oh, it's it's debilitating to the 49ers offense, but it's showing up in the biggest moments. And that's where this team is. Uh, Tracy, right? Like this Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. this is a team that has been knocking on the door to winning a Super Bowl a couple of times in the last three years. And one of the most glaring issues that's held them back has been an inability for the interior of that line, particularly on the right side at right guard to hold up in the biggest moments. And so for them to just kind of roll with what they have um, maybe it works, maybe they know something that we don't and you, you'd like to think that they do. Um, but it is, three big question marks instead of just one and oh by the way you have a young quarterback who hasn't started but two games in his whole career um, and and you're putting him behind that group too so maybe they're hoping that Trey Lance's legs can offset some of that stuff but to me it is a huge question and I think it's something that is going to bear monitoring closely um, not only through camp but as the season goes on.
0: Well, and I think you could make the argument argument that it does debilitate the offense because if it's showing up in the biggest moments, at the end of the day, that offense is needs to perform in the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game. And if that's showing up in the biggest moments, that then that does debilitate the offense in some way. I think that argument could be made. It may not be debilitating them week to week, but on those big games, it does. So I think it, it's a pretty big thing to keep an eye at. And I've definitely talked a lot on this podcast about how. It does it could affect a young quarterback. Now, you know, Matt Mayoko said last week that he felt like Trey Lance's legs maybe do make up for it on some level, but it definitely bears keeping an eye on because um I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see where this team is at the trade deadline. And it's not often that you find you're just one right guard away from the Super Bowl, but they might feel that way. And yeah, that, yeah. that could it end is, up being it's... a big trade
1: it's such a non-sexy conversation to have, right? Like Mm -hmm. the offensive line, particularly on the interior is, is, is not a thing that people really talk about or, but, but even to the point of, yeah, Trey Lance's legs can offset that. I mean, the, 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 the quickest way from point A to B is a straight line. And, and those interior guys are the closest to the quarterback when the ball is snapped. So if he's not getting that protection, I don't care how athletic he is. It's awfully difficult to get away from those guys as opposed to, you know, pressure from the edge where you can step up in the pocket and you have an escape route uh, to wherever that edge rushers just vacated those types of things. Um, That's, that's a different kind of pressure. It's why, Aaron Donald and and Trent Williams said it and he was kind of joking, but I think he probably wasn't about Aaron Donald, you know, not retiring. He mm-hmm. said he wished he would have retired. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way. And I know there's You know Daniel Brunskill has on occasion played well against Aaron Donald, um, but you know didn't didn't do so in the NFC Championship game, and um, that's not something I would want to continue betting on uh, anyone. And not that's nothing against Daniel Brunskill, just anyone against Aaron Donald that is going to continue to be an issue for the foreseeable future. Um, And and I think we're in kind of a golden age of defensive tackles in general. Um, If you look around the league right now, uh, Aaron Donald has really opened that opened a lot of eyes to that where there's a lot of defensive tackles who are getting credit and getting paid we saw it happen with the forest buckner um eric armstead now probably going to be a defensive tackle exclusively makes a lot of money there's a lot of guys like that chris jones who i just mentioned a minute ago another one so yeah it, it is not that's an issue that is not going to go away and it's going to be something that continues to show up unless the 49ers are right and to their credit they they believe in their player development system and they've done that and again i'm not sitting here advocating that they need to spend 40 million in free agency to shore up their line like the Bengals just did. I'm just saying that I'm a little bit surprised. I will be a little bit surprised because they still have time, obviously, if they don't go out and add another center who has some, uh, you know, experience doing this. And, and I know there's not a lot of options out there. I know JC Treders a name that a lot of people throw out there. My understanding is, is that knee issue that he had last year, basically kept him from practicing um, and he was playing in games. And so that's the question. How can, you know, if you bring in a guy like that, can he even practice? And you have a young quarterback, you can't really risk that going week to week. So there's all kinds of things that play into this. Um, I realize I said this isn't a sexy conversation and I just rambled on about it for 10 minutes. But uh, it is it is something that is, that is going to be closely watched as we move forward here.
0: Well, I'm glad you do because it's something that I bring on. I bring, I brought it up every single time I've done this podcast since basically since free agency started. So I'm really glad that you quote unquote rambled, even though I don't think you were rambling because it may not seem like a sexy conversation, but once again, if you're playing in the NFC championship game and the quarterback doesn't have time to throw the ball, that's not sexy either. So there's that how do you like how i tied that all together very nice <laughs> <But> well, <you're... laughs>
1: that's why you're that's why you're the host and get paid the big
0: buck yes exactly that's that's definitely it we did not talk about Jimmy Garoppolo but i don't really think there's much to say he's still on the team they're not going to be able to trade him until he starts throwing so i think that's going to really just have to be tabled until training camp um unless there's anything else you want to say on Jimmy Garoppolo but I think that's kind of where we stand
1: at the moment oh I mean you're right they're they're in a holding pattern there's not a ton to add right now I still find it very hard to believe that he will be on this team um come training camp um and I don't know how that's going to play itself out I I should say I find it very hard to believe he will be on this team come training camp at his current price tag is probably a better way to phrase that um but I, I, you know, the way Kyle Shanahan has talked about it, the way that they've talked about Trey Lance, I think everybody's ready to turn the page here. They excuse Jimmy Garoppolo from the mini camp. Um, part of that is because he's, you know, he's doing rehab on the shoulder down in, in Los Angeles. But um, I also think part of it is, is it just doesn't make sense to have him around if he's not going to be around this season. And I think that is still going to be the case. It's just kind of a question of how does that come to fruition?
0: And I would say it's everybody's ready to turn the page, including Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo needs to come back here in a quarterback competition, which isn't going to happen anyways in More training part. camp. So I think it, everybody wants to turn the page. All
1: Absolutely. right. Well,
0: before I let you go, uh, it's Friday. And on Fridays, we do Cody Corner. Uh, and Cody Corner has been kind of sad the last couple weeks because Cody was injured. So I just would like everybody to know that since the last since last Friday, when we didn't do Cody Corner, Cody, Corner has hit a, Cody Bellinger has hit a double and a home run and made a variety of spectacular defensive plays. And that's really all I have to say on the subject, unless you have more to say, and I feel like you do not. Well,
1: your listeners should be aware that when Tracy talks about Cody Bellinger, and it's a lot when she talks about him, in, Quite frequently. in person, like not, not on a podcast, she talks about him a lot. There are few subjects, and this is nothing against Cody personally. I'm sure he's a nice man. I, I have no idea. But um, I there is nothing that makes me tune out and put my headphones on quicker <laughs> than conversations (laughs) about Cody Bellinger. And Tracy can attest to that. And again, it's nothing personal to Tracy or Cody. Again, I'm sure Cody is a fine, upstanding citizen, Um, but I just, I'm not a baseball guy and I just frankly don't care, so.
0: (laughs) Correct. So it was really awesome that I had Nick on on a Friday when we do Cody Corner because you really had no choice there.
1: You had my attention, so I had to listen to the Cody Cody update.
0: Nick is still scarred for when Cody Bellinger was the NL player of the week, but I digress. (laughs) And it's time to move on and let Nick go about his day. Thank you for joining me, Nick. This was very fun as always.
1: You're welcome, Tracy. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Uh, you guys, don't forget to rate and review. Give us a five star review on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online and Fivo. And with that, I'll talk to everybody later. Bye all.